Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball, kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christiana, over there on the other side of the screen. Not not as, as it was planned, but on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Uh, Chris, I'm doing well. Um, we did not record last week, which was a very inconvenient week to not record. But um, a lot of things have happened with us personally over the last couple of weeks, and we cannot do the show uh, in the same room. But uh, I'm doing well. There we go. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, not the best week to miss out on but we you know there's a lot going on uh you know with uh with our lives um but uh and then some more things this week but uh you know the most maybe the most active week of transactions in our lifetimes in our lifetimes maybe ever uh as you know the Free agency was on the clock for a little bit there. Um, we, as we now know, as if you don't live under a rock, uh, MLB is under a lockout currently. It came into place. Uh, dis- was it the December second? Ne- December second, and uh, or yeah, the morning of December second, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, teams wanted to teams well players wanted to get their money, and teams wanted to get their guys so. It was a good combination, and uh, it resulted in many, many signings. And uh, I think we're gonna kind of break it down like we did at this past week's or this past year's trade deadline, where there was also a ton of transactions. Most active trade deadline ever, we would say. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, I feel like because uh, how Baseball Reference orders the teams, it goes. It has the NL team on on top and the east first which i think would be fitting because yeah a lot of a lot of stuff happened in that division and it would be fitting to just talk about the defending champions first i mean some of these some of these teams are going to take not as much time as other teams the Braves are going to take two seconds yeah yeah, (laughs) they didn't do much i could get a cricket sound effect going but um, um they agreed they signed kirby yates yeah. So that's, that's it. I think that's literally the only thing they did. Yeah, he hasn't allowed a run in a very long time. That's right. Um but yeah, I mean the the biggest question with the Braves in the offseason is are they going to sign Freddie Freeman? They haven't, but luckily for them, no other no team one has signed no other teams yeah. have signed Freddie Freeman either. So, uh Braves seem to be in a decent position. For themselves they can still get freddie freeman they didn't really i don't think they're really focusing on getting anyone else do they or, what's charlie morton is he's oh yeah he's he got extended right yes 
Yeah, it was the two-year thing or something like that. Yeah, I believe so. Um, um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take a look. Uh, oh, he's he uh, signed a one-year deal with a 2023 team team option. So, uh, yeah, so he's going to be on the team for at least the next year. So good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not a, not a whole lot happening for the defending champions, but I don't think there were any glaring things that they needed to have because a lot of their, a lot of their, you know, additions are going to be, you know, their additions from within the team, like Ronald Acuna Jr., Mike Soroka, uh, they'll likely have those guys back. Um, yeah. Maybe not at the very beginning of the season, but in, in, in 2022, they will have them back. Uh, anything... Kirby Yates. Uh, do you want to guess Kirby Yates' career case for nine? Uh, 11.7. Uh, you're not even close. It's 12.8. Oh, wow. That's, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> 282 innings pitch, too. It's not like a small sample at all. Wow. Look at him go. How many pitchers have 250 innings pitched and 12 and a half strikeouts per nine? Him and seven other relievers from the modern day. Uh, Pretty impressive. Kimbrell, Jansen, Chabin, Batanzas, Edwin Diaz, Josh Hader, Corey Knable. Yeah, and speaking of Corey Knable, this is a great segue. Yeah. He went to the Phillies. I I mean, uh, the Phillies didn't do much. I feel like the Phillies did what they do every offseason outside of – well, actually, not – you can't say every offseason, but what they did the last offseason, which was – or actually, I can't even say that because they got real Muto. <laughs> but uh, it, in terms of their bullpen, they do what they do every offseason. They get yeah. a somewhat maybe reliable guy who has some upside but not guaranteed yeah. to do well. And we'll likely have like 10 blown saves next year. I don't really know. I I feel like just the Phillies bullpen just has a curse. It kind of it feels like it does. Um, like Jose Alvarado is such a weird case that is honestly just a story for another day. But I've never been so confused by just a person, <laughs> a player, really. Um uh yeah, Corey Canable is the only move they made. Obviously, that's a guy who with who's had a very good seasons, mostly 2017. Uh, he had Tommy John surgery re- or a few years ago, uh, but he came back pretty strong a couple of years ago. And then with the Dodgers last year, had another very good season. So, I mean, this is a guy that is going to make the Phillies better, which is definitely encouraging. Yeah, certainly. Certainly a lot of upside. He's going into his age 30 season. His career ERA is 323, career FIP of 327, career strikeouts per nine of a 12.6 uh you know he's he has a good amount of upside you know last year with the dodgers and 25 and two-thirds in his pitch 245 era 29 fip so i mean i would feel very optimistic if he wasn't going to be wearing a phillies uniform because i just don't trust anybody who is a non-starter pitching for the phillies really right ever since uh jonathan papabon left pretty much Mm -hmm. um yeah, on the uh, on the Hall of Fame ballot this year. Shout out to shout out to Bond. Um, yeah, that's that's it with the Phillies. I mean, it's a solid move. It's not the worst reliever you could get. 
I mean, yeah, you know, you're looking at that back end of the bullpen. You have uh, who knows what kind of role Ranger Suarez is playing this year. He was kind of like a starter reliever reliever hybrid this year. Had an excellent season. Had an unreal bat up against uh, for a pitcher. Uh, but you have Jose Alvarado, you have Archie Bradley, now you have Corey Knable. It's very weird because that is a very good back end of the bullpen. Um, yeah, it, it very well can be, especially if they define Ranger Suarez's role mm. a little more. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might be like a, a bullpen day starter. Like you have him go five. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, but he has gone like, like there have been times where he's gone a decent amount of innings. Uh, in games, let me uh, not very often, but like he has done it before in his starts. Yeah, Ranger Suarez was something one, else. Three, last six year. ERA. Yeah, his uh, each of his last each of his last one, two, three, four, five outings, he went at least six innings pitched, and he gave up. Uh, he gave up five earned runs in 40, 34 innings pitched. That would be a one, three, two ERA. Yeah, he um. I believe he was like top 10 in pitcher B war mm-hmm. given his ER. Yeah. He was sixth in the NL yeah. in pitcher B war. Given um, his usage in September, I think it's reasonable to believe that we're going to be seeing him as a starter more than as a reliever, especially because their starting depth is very questionable. Like you have Zach Wheeler, you have Aaron Nola who got bad up to death this year. Uh, not a ton of strength other than that for a team that's trying to win their division. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like a, Somewhat smooth transition. He already pitched over 100 innings last year, and he's uh, only going into his age 26 season. So, and right. and uh, I mean, it would benefit Suarez as well because his his value will go up, and he will make more money if he's a successful starter. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Knable, good addition, but obviously with the Phillies bullpen, you you're gonna need you can't. That's you know what's the term putting a bandaid on a gunshot wound yeah kind of uh kind of what it is um but good you know better than nothing obviously a good addition out of the bullpen uh and then you go with the national league east you go down marlins should we save the Mets for last uh yeah sure Um, marlins uh they signed avisel garcia yes four years 53 million um kind of an underrated player yes very much uh they traded they traded jorge alfaro to san diego uh which was they also extended uh sandy alcantara five years 55 million that was a steal it it was that was an absolute steal because he is not that like early in team control either no uh oh they traded for jacob stallings and they traded for joey wendell Yep. <laughs> yeah, they Big made some moves. Uh, I think the Marlins' biggest issue is offense. They definitely need a lot of depth on that offense because their bullpen, very under the radar. Uh, their starting pitching has been a talking point for quite a few months now, and I think a lot of the talk is what they're going to be going forward. But they need the offense to back it up, and that's where they've, you know, that's where some of their strong suits have come in. Jacob Stallings, you know, not necessarily the greatest offensive catcher, but he's a defensive god. Uh, he's going to work great with young pitching, and that's going to really improve everything that we've already been talking about with this team. Joey Wendell adds a lot of uh, versatility to that defense while also being a strong bat, so that's encouraging. And then obviously, Avisel Garcia, uh, the four-year contract. Yeah, um, I'm looking to see 
where the Marlins may have ranked in uh, outfield wins above replacement because probably not good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess they did have Marte for part of the season, but that's probably most of it. That's that probably has to be where, most of it. Yeah, I mean, they okay, so they ranked 15th in um, F4 for outfielders, but what was it? What was it after Marte left, though? That's a good question. I should do, I should do post trade deadline. It's something that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, um, we're looking at they still ranked 15th on August 1st. It's fantastic. Either way, it was it was something that needed uh that needed an addition. Yeah, if anything, you know, offensive reinforcements in general. They also had a 323 BABIP while still only ranking 15th, which is not encouraging. Right, right. Can't really um can't really sustain that. Uh yeah. with the um with the bab up there yeah so solid uh solid pickup there i mean yeah four years 53 million dollars that's a uh, maybe 13 million dollar aav yeah. um garcia going into i think some somewhat formidable ages yeah he's covering his age 31 through 34 season um mm-hmm. over his past five seasons he has a 114 ops plus um you know he'll he'll hit some home runs and yeah it's a quality pickup you know i am i can see the you know with the pitching staff the marlins have we can see like the marlins potentially succeeding um in the next couple years and garcia might be a a good part of that i can imagine him just like hitting random home runs in the playoffs for them uh jacob stallings had 21 defensive runs saved last year um that led all catchers by a mile the next the next closest was austin hedges with 12 he had 21 that's insane yeah so this is that is a huge addition for um for miami yeah and it's gonna help out the pitching staff even more yeah that uh that 21 defensive run saved also just led the majors as a whole uh literally every position player i believe let me go to let me just set it to zero innings make sure yep it did no nobody in the major leagues had more defensive runs saved last year than jacob stallings i did not know that and that was only in 892 defensive innings carlos correa is second with uh 1304 and two-thirds wow (laughs) which makes sense because he's a catcher so obviously he's not you know going to be playing every inning of every game exactly exactly that's Um, pretty fantastic yeah it is it is um and I'm guessing since it's defensive runs saved, that's not even including potential framing, which mm-hmm. uh, can, you know, he could be even more valuable than what defensive runs saved or, or uh, saying it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we can get into this later, but I'm kind of concerned about what that's going to look like going forward for a Pirates perspective. Um, you know, yeah. Like if you're trying to develop pitching and you don't have that guy behind the plate, like the difference is going to be there even if it might not, you know, seem like it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess the argument with Pittsburgh's end is, I mean, I don't know how fast they're trying to develop this guy, but maybe mm-hmm. they'll want Davis developing along with his fellow pitchers, but right. who knows? Um, 
I don't know. I, and I, I'm not like a huge draft guy. I don't know where Davis's strengths lie. I don't know if he's like mostly offensive or, you know, combination of great defense, great offense. I'd yeah. imagine. I mean, if you're the number one pick, I would hope you're, I would hope yeah. you're strong at everything. I'd imagine it's the latter, but yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just perpetually concerned about the pirates. So another, another thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Then to nationals were crickets, right? I, I, don't uh, I honestly forgot about them. Um, what did the, yeah, no, they did nothing that I can think of. And it's kind of good, I guess maybe start talking to Soto about an, an extension, but other than that. Yeah. Um, let me just check. I mean, maybe they made a trade or something. I'm only looking at free agents. Um, oh, they, I mean, they signed Cesar Hernandez. That's oh. about it. Oh yeah. That's literally the, that guy. I mean, I guess maybe that's a trade piece. <laughs> eh, yeah, that's, I, that, that's probably a reach too. I can't, I can't get excited for Cesar Hernandez. In a in a week like we had, Cesar yeah, no, Hernandez that's not that's not a news story. Is not doing it for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't even really pretend to get excited over that. <laughs> How old is he? He's he's probably like, like thirty three, maybe. Oh wow, we had way different guesses. <laughs> he's thirty two, going into his age thirty two season. I had no idea. I was a year off. Yeah, because I knew he was with the Phillies for a while. Um, Yeah, he's going into his 10th year of service time. What? It's crazy. Actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. He's going to his 10th full season, but he had a bunch of non-full seasons. So he's technically going to his 8th year of service time. Uh, Still, a lot more than I thought there Um, with Cesar Hernandez. Yeah, he has – he had a negative – he had a negative 0.7 – B war with the White Sox alone in 53 games. Uh, he has never surpassed more than three wins in a season, and that was in 2016. Yeah, that's that's not you know it's it's that's, not good. you know it's not doing it for us. When you got when you got a deal like the next deal we're going to talk about, yeah. I cannot be talking about Cesar Hernandez uh, with uh, you know. When you got a guy who in the last eight full seasons of baseball, so excluding 2020, in the last eight full seasons of baseball, this man has finished top five in the Cy Young every single one of those years. When you got that guy signing, I can't be talking about Cesar Hernandez. And he's going... When when you're talking about the guy who set the record for highest paid athlete ever in a single season and average annual value rather yeah when you got that guy signing uh we can't be talking about cesar hernandez um so yeah max scherzer the you know future hall of famer recently joined the 3000 strikeout club and also in the same year finished third in the cy young vote uh he recently got a three-year 130 million dollar deal which is you know crazily enough it's the it was the biggest pitcher deal out there in this offseason despite you know a couple of guys signing five-year deals he had the highest overall value uh, of all the pitchers 
if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, signs a deal with a big market team, a team that's really, really trying to compete, the New York Mets. I mean, uh, there's a lot to, lot to consider here. There is. I mean, the Mets have already made a lot of moves. Uh, they, we talked last or two weeks ago, they signed Marte, Canna, um, Eduardo Escobar. Like this is a team that has boosted their offense a lot. And now they went out and got the best pitcher out there. Yeah. Which is scary. Yeah, they have. And I'm sure it is funny because um, they can't show them now, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it was funny to see all the graphics of like DeGrom, Scherzer, back to back now that's a now, joke yeah <laughs> it is a joke one of them will not start on opening day yeah it's fascinating fascinating that that's gonna happen mm-hmm. um yeah like it's a lethal combination i'm still concerned about uh degrom's health but i mean we can not we can just forget about that for a little bit and consider like what's going to be happening in queens with this one-two combination. I mean, if anything, this is very good for DeGrom because now he can, like, as crazy as it sounds, he doesn't have to be the guy anymore, <laughs> which is so funny because he was the best pitcher in baseball when he was healthy last year. Yeah, exactly. Especially, especially with a guy like Serger, who is just such a workhorse. And, like, I don't know if you saw, but there was a report that, like, he would prefer if the Mets hired Buck Showalter as their manager so we could probably throw, like, 260 innings next yeah. year. Yeah, it's um, not like... He, he can be the innings eater and they can save DeGrom. Yeah, exactly. I I saw a quote tweet about that. Like, yeah, Max Scherzer wants to throw 260 innings. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's something else. I, I mean, um, also, it's a good security blanket for the Mets in case something does go wrong with uh, yeah. DeGrom. Uh, you know, you still have an ace, an absolute ace there. And it's a very, very win-now move because, you know, you don't know how long Max Scherzer is going to be worth $43.3 million. I mean, he'll still probably be good for most of the contract and most of the rest of his career. But, you know, this is absolute top-tier ace money. You know, Max Scherzer is an absolute top-tier ace. And this is a move for 2022 and, like, 2023. And uh, it's good to see the Mets make that kind of deal uh they've they made three other you know pretty significant deals as well and uh they're absolutely in it to win it next year I mean I just I I don't know what potentially might go wrong with them next year I don't know it's hard I don't even want to start thinking about that like if it happens we'll talk about it um but I mean this is a team that is in win now mode more than anyone else yeah yeah, it's yeah, it's it's bound to ha- it's bound to happen. I feel like, and the Met with the Mets also like a lot of people underperformed last year. I don't expect the same underperformance to happen. Like mm-hmm. Jeff McNeil's, for example, he's going to be back on the team. I don't expect him to do what he did last year. Um, you know, there's a good amount to hope for with the Mets, and and you know, Steve Cohen definitely made a statement with that signing. Yeah. It was very funny how they lost out on Steven Matz and we're like, we're going to get everyone now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it came after losing out on Gosman too because they offered more money than the Blue mm-hmm. Jays from what I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's like, oh yeah, we'll just get the best guy. How about that? We'll do that. 
Um, so yeah, the Mets got Max Scherzer. Um, that's one where you don't even you don't have to explain why it's good. You don't have to explain the upside, or uh, you don't have to ex- explain the downside because there's virtually no downside here. Yeah, uh, especially for a three year deal. Can you can you imagine just any game in the playoffs where it's like Degrom starts and goes? Like, imagine it's like a it's like similar to what we saw with the Dodgers and Giants there, where it's like a game five, like an elimination game, a winner take all game. It's like Degrom goes out, pitches seven innings, and then who comes out of the bullpen? Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. It's like, oh, you didn't want to face this Hall of Famer. Well, guess what? We got the other one coming in. Like maybe the two best pitchers of the last ten years going out there for you. Um, yeah, that's a pretty uh exciting thing to think about if you mm-hmm. are a fan of the New York Mets. Um, and it's a real chair or big big time cherry on top after you get Marte, Canna, and Escobar, like we talked about in our, uh, in our, in our last episode. Yeah. I um, feel, I just want to say, I feel so bad for national fans who are going to have to witness that. Like that's brutal. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I guess you're grateful for the world series and going to have to, you have to put your head down for the next few years. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the situation in, uh, in old DC. Uh, all right. What division should we do next? NL Central or AL East? Do AL East. Flip flop between leagues. All right. So uh, I guess we'll start with the Rays, who, you know, I'm, before I look anything up, what's popping out in my head is Kluber, but not Brooks a whole Rayleigh. Brooks Raley. Very underrated reliever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Corey Kluber is going to be, I think that's an interesting one. I think when you, th- when you think about the Rays, you just immediately, your mind immediately goes to like just reviving pitchers who uh, have been struggling or have been hurt. Just, you know, being able to um, do things like that, I guess. And I think that's what immediately comes to mind with Corey Kluber. This is a guy who showed signs of, of still being able to do it last year. Obviously the no hitter being the highlight uh, but he did end up getting hurt for what the third straight season. Um, third yeah. straight year with a season-ending injury, right? At a relatively early point in the season, um, you know, it's it is all about staying healthy. Um, I don't really know how I feel here because the Rays aren't necessarily great at keeping their pitchers healthy, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I really don't know what to think about this Kluber signing you know I think I obviously just mentioned like it's easy to see the Rays and think about what they're able to do to pitchers uh and like how you know a lot of them are able to perform well but like a lot of them also have trouble staying on the field at times um so that is definitely a concern for me going forward with Corey Kluber yeah uh, very true I feel like every year the Rays have like 12 different pitchers on the IL Mm-hmm. Whether it be you know bullpen guys, and it's not up. just like it's not just like you know a brief like maybe one or two month injury. It's like people with sixty day. I think they had like ten pitchers on the sixty day IL at one point last year. Like it's bad. Yeah, you know, I was thinking of like Nick Anderson, Chaz Rowe, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Glass. Now eventually, obviously, Yanni Chirinos. Yeah, Yanni Colin, Colin Poche. Yep. 
Um, I mean, I could probably just check right now. Um, Colin Poche, <clears throat> Jalen Beeks, Tyler Glass now, obviously, Nick Anderson, Brandon McKay. Uh, yeah, all of them. And that's just 2022. If you look at 2021. Um, yeah, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve pitchers hit the sixty-day IL, not the thirty-day IL, the the or the ten-day IL rather. They had twelve pitchers hit the sixty-day IL, with one, two, three, four of them being for Tommy John surgery. Um, that's not encouraging at all. Right. Yep. Yeah. And. Uh... So yeah, Kluber Kluber was definitely, you know, he's not going to be made any healthier, but uh, he can provide some innings for the Rays. And I don't know. I think if he's on the good, field, I think it's a good signing for them. It is, but like I can't just help but worry about what could possibly happen. Yeah, seeing the Rays' history of of not being able to keep their pitchers healthy, especially the ones. Like, you know, when you look up and down these pitches, these are the ones that, like, have, like, the movement on their pitches, like the pitching ninja type stuff like Corey Kluber has. Like, you see Tyler Tyler Glass now, Nick Anderson, not listed on the 60-day IL right now, obviously, but, you know, he was at one point in the season. Uh, like, Chaz Rowe, Ryan Thompson, um, like, these are guys that have very good stuff. Um, and, like, it does seem to be part of the theme there. Right, right, yeah. Um, I guess what might be encouraging from Ray's perspective is Kluber isn't a high-velocity guy. Yeah. So um, there's maybe a little less likely to uh, damage the arm as it's, you know, not moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would love to see another happens. full season of Kluber. Like, I think that would be great. I think that's what we need. Um, but we yeah. haven't seen it since... 2018 and i mean in 2018 like he was a cy young finalist i believe i think he finished third in the voting that year um but we haven't seen a fully healthy kluber since yeah yeah which is uh unfortunate and yeah prime kluber was something something to behold it's weird man like he's gonna be a two-time cy young winner who's probably not gonna even like make a second year on the hall of fame ballot right yeah like him and johan santana yeah, true. And Kluber, like, wouldn't be as deserving as Santana, potentially. Yeah. Most likely. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. So the Rays got Kluber uh, and Brooks Raley, who I did. I just looked now. As he you is said. very he's very interesting, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Three, two, seven, FIP last year. However, what, four, eight, four. 4780 or yeah yeah um so unlucky last year um you know it's just kind of like an upside thing but mm-hmm. um it's a reliever it's a reliever i think he was used as more of a lefty specialist with the astros so i'd be curious to see what kind of role he starts playing with the rays that's i think brooks Rayleigh is a guy where like be on the lookout of like maybe his pitch pitch usage and how it might change in the season. I think that could be something that we're looking at. Either that or, like, role change. Right. Yeah. Like, I think the Rays have some specific plan with him that was not present when he was with the Astros. Right, right. Um, yeah, the Rays always can do some funky things there, for sure. 
Um, he threw yeah. four pitches at least 10% of the time, which is a lot. He also, especially for a reliever, it's a lot. He had a six pitch arsenal. Most relievers have like three max. Yeah. He also was in the 100th percentile in average exit velocity and hard hit rate, the 100th percentile. Wow, that's pretty crazy because he had a second. He had a very high strikeout rate as well. Yeah, no, 92nd percentile strikeout rate, 90 percentile, uh, 90th percentile in spin rate in both of his both fastball and curveball. Um, and to be fair, he didn't really throw his fastball that much. He mostly threw his cutter, uh, and he threw his curveball 12% of the time. I wonder, I wonder, um, if his spin rate went through any sort of change during the season. Um, I mean, I imagine, I mean, that, that memo was sent out. In, it doesn't really look like it. Yeah, that memo was sent out in early June, so. It doesn't really seem to be much of a correlation between. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a, that's a really fascinating signing. Yeah, it, it can be for sure. Like, mm-hmm. he, we just know he's going to be like, you know, called into every called into every game of by Kevin Cash for whatever reason in the playoffs mm-hmm. next year. Um he'll, he'll be the Phil he'll be the Phil Martin of the Rays. <laughs> um so the Rays made a couple minor signings. Um and then the uh the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Uh St- yeah. At the eleventh hour, literally like eleven forty p.m. before the lockout, Eastern Time, they traded Hunter Renfro to the Milwaukee Brewers for Jackie Bradley Jr., who they are who is getting paid more than Hunter Renfro, and two prospects. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, uh, I really, I really, it's hard not to hate it. <laughs> I think. From a Red Sox perspective, I think the way to see this is they're clearing up space for another outfielder. Yeah, you hope. Like I think I think Jackie's going to serve as a defensive replacement, like late in games, and then starting in right starting in right field will be, I don't know, Michael Conforto, Seiya Suzuki, Nick Castellanos, someone right. that's out there. Yeah, uh, which you know, as a Red Sox fan, we won't know for months. Um, but I, but like, there's no way that's just a trade that they made just because they like Jackie better than Renfro. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, definitely not. It, it does seem like a 40 chess move where there's, there's more moves to come. Hopefully can't be a standalone trade. Otherwise, you know, what are we doing? Obviously it looks like a standalone trade because nothing has happened. Uh, in nothing can weeks, happen but nothing can happen in uh, yeah. uh renfro the one thing that always i mean like I, I hate to do this now that he's not on my team but renfro also like he had very low walk rates his obp was right around league average um for the season obviously his slugging percentage was awesome and i think it's going to be even more awesome in milwaukee um he also had an awesome arm um so like there are you know, like obviously, I think Jackie is better overall at defense, and that's kind of it. But, um, I mean, also like Kyle Schwarber, that could be a guy too, because they kind of had a log jam between the outfield, first base, DH with like with JD, 
um, with Bobby Dahlbeck, with Tristan Cassis coming up, and then with Schwarber. Like, that's another thing you can consider, where it's like mm-hmm. you put Schwarber uh, on one of the corners of the outfield. Yeah. And that frees up that spot. Obviously, not great for defense, but um, yeah, you know, it, it, it makes the offense a little more complete, I feel like. Yeah, they would, they would definitely, at least at Fenway, definitely have to put him in left. Yeah. Can't have him covering that giant right field. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for long term. And Verdugo has some experience in right, so I think that's what they would do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean that was that was the biggest thing to happen. I don't think there was much else. I think the walk they signed happen. Rich Hill, they signed James Paxton. Oh yeah, the James Paxton thing is pretty interesting. There's potential of it being a three-year deal. Um he's He's just, it's, it's, he's interesting. He's he never strikes out a lot of people. Yeah. Which is dope. Strikes out a lot of guys, but has never been a hundred percent healthy, like ever. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he has a qualifying season yet in his career. Uh, no, he doesn't. Well, a one sixty and a third in 2018. That's brutal. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so I think that's that's what you need to know. Andy's a Canadian. That's yes. The other thing you need to know. And he, he is threw, Canadian. He threw threw a no hitter in Toronto. Oh, and um, there's that video of during the national anthem <laughs> of the bald eagle. There's the bald eagle and yep. almost lands on, uh, on James Paxton and impales him, uh, but he came out of it safe. Um, Thankfully. Luckily. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. So. So yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I just remember with him with the Yankees, like during the playoffs, he was never, it was always short leash. Um, they never really had him out there for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has an 8.2 career hits per nine. That's pretty brutal. His FIP is almost 30 points lower than his ERA for his career. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. 306 career BABIP against, so a little above average. Um, obviously not great for not great for the Red Sox defense. I mean, not great for him considering he's going to be going to the Red Sox defense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we know that the Red Sox defense is, you know, kind of bad. Not, not good. <laughs> um, really kind of bad. So yeah, Heim Bloom made some uh, some small deals. Mm-hmm. I think there's more to come. There has to be. Yeah. There, there should be. I should look once again at their projected payroll. I think it's between like 160 and 170 million dollars this upcoming year. So according to Baseball Reference, their estimated total payroll is 177 million. So they might just get like another outfield bat. Who knows? Yeah. Um, the starting pitcher market is pretty much buried. So can't really go after anyone there. And, uh, you know, going through the AL East, a team that did less than the Red Sox was uh, the New York Yankees, who just, you almost forgot they existed. Did they actually do anything? I don't know. They signed Jose Peraza to a minor league deal, like right after the Serger news broke, which was comical. Yeah. Like genuinely, what did the Yankees do? I mean, I feel like they have an extremely similar team to 
2021 in all facets. Yes, they lost. Uh... Yeah, they legitimately have not added anybody. <laughs> like I'm looking through their transactions. Release someone, sign Jose Peraza, release Clint Frazier, release Ruben Adora, traded Tyler Wade, activated, activated, activated guys from the minors, DFA'd a couple guys. Yeah, no, they legitimately have not done anything. Oh, they signed Joely Rodriguez, but that was a while ago. They have not done anything recently, no. Yeah, and uh, Rodriguez they already had, right? Yes. Yeah, they have not added anybody to their roster from last year at this point in the offseason, and they will not have done so for months from now, obviously. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> at this point, it feels like Correa or bust, right? Um, it has to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to add an outfield bat with the outfield there. You already they have, have currently. Especially with Aaron Hicks coming back. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it has to be Correa or Bust at this point. Yeah, and they're going to be battling with the Tigers. Or, I mean, I guess are they going to be. I feel like they are the favorites at this point. Like maybe the Angels. Um, would be the other option yeah yeah i don't know okay their estimated payroll is 202 million dollars according to um according to baseball reference um yeah i didn't realize how high it was wow um but yeah anyway they yeah, it's Correa or bust. I mean, I guess the backup there would be Trevor Story, but I don't know how much you want that. Um, yeah. I feel like whoever comes in second for Correa is going to end up getting Trevor Story. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's valid. That'll be how it is, most likely. So, yeah, with the Yankees, it's like, if you don't get Correa, that is a 100% failed offseason season. It feels like it, especially especially with the fact that they didn't really get pitching either. Yeah, no. Like, there's not much left on the starting pitcher market. I mean, I suppose they could, not that this is a pitcher, but they could still trade for Matt Olson. I know that right. that's like, you know, that's out there. That would obviously be a big splash. Um, they haven't signed Anthony Rizzo back either. That, they haven't done that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Rizzo hasn't signed yet. Um, there's always going to be rumors about trades with Luis Castillo. I feel like that's been a mm-hmm. thing forever. Yeah, um, they can no longer uh, trade Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier to get Mike Trout, unfortunately. Yeah, that's off the table. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big uh, downfall for the for the Yankees. It's 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 a bigger loss for the meme community, really. Truly, yeah. It, I mean, it's uh, that's the thing that hurts the most. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> all right. So Yankees, we're kind of waiting on what their offseason will end up being. Yeah. The Blue Jays have already made their biggest sign in the offseason for sure. Uh, they got Kevin Gosman for five years, $110 million. He finished, what, fifth in the Cy Young vote? Or something sixth, like that. Something like that. Um, yeah, he, uh, had a career year, uh, two, uh, upper twos ERA, 
was kind of unlucky in the second half of the year. Um, yeah, two eight, two eight one ERA last year with a three flat FIP, uh, sixth in the Cy Young vote, and twenty uh, first in the MVP vote. Uh, yeah, he's a uh, he definitely was developed well by San Francisco. He already had upside in his career in general. He was a number four overall pick um, way back, and uh, he's definitely turned in the, into the pitcher he was supposed to be the entire time. Yeah, and this is a uh, great for the Blue Jays, especially with you know they lost Robbie Ray, but they got a guy of similar production. Yeah. Um, right back so blue jays have not lost a step whatsoever it, it kind of feels like for the blue jays you know they obviously they lost out on Simeon, but like we you know like we kind of mentioned losing one guy from that offense isn't going to be the end of the world um but like you needed to retain that kind of production from your starting pitchers um obviously you lost the Cy young winner but kevin gosman is like replacement level uh considering what ray did yeah I don't Very mean replace. So. I don't mean replacement level, as in wins above replacement. But I mean like, what you lost versus what you gained is kind of a net even, which is perfect. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, National League and American League are different because of yeah DH, but uh, Gosman had two eight one ERA. Robbie Ray had a two eight four ERA, um, and Gosman had a a much better FIP than ray as well although you know gosman was facing a lot of pitchers hitting so part of the reason there but yeah yeah i can't wait for that not to be a factor uh with the uh, al nl pitchers thank god yeah absolutely um but but yeah that's it's exactly what the blue jays needed to do if they were in fact losing out on robbie ray um i guess it is a question of like, did Ray want to sign back and they chose not to? I don't know. It's kind of weird that they just. Didn't I mean, get we Ray can back. get more into Ray later, but I mean, like we're looking at you know Gosman, Barrios, Ryu, Manoa, and then I guess Stripling in that rotation. Is Stripling still under contract? I don't know. Um. Yes, he is. He's got one more year. Uh, not a bad rotation when you consider they also have a very good bullpen and probably the best offense in baseball. Um, this is a team that's that's going. Yeah, very much so. Um, and it's a young team. Everyone's getting better. So, uh, yeah, they're definitely someone to look out for in the American League East. Um, I mean, they were only one game behind the Red Sox and Yankees last year. And uh, no reason why they wouldn't be able to uh, outshine them next year. And like, you know, I could, I think they're a very viable candidate to win the American League East in general. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Rays are a a crazy powerhouse team that's going (laughs) to, you know, overtake them. Said everyone offseason 2020 to 2021. Yeah, true. True. But um, I wonder if the Rays are going to go 18-1 and against the Orioles again. Yeah. Should be be, uh, interesting there. All right, and then uh, speaking of the Orioles, I don't think anything really happened there. They signed Rugnet Odor and Jordan Lyles. 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't forget, even. I don't even think we need to. I forget who I was talking to, but I think it was Nico. Uh, I think what four-time guest of the program, Nico Fasella. Like um, yeah, because he's done two drafts and two other guest appearances. So four-time guest, Nico Fasella. I think I was talking to him like I could absolutely see Rugnet Odor being like. So like Matt Barnes is pitching in like the eighth inning and it's like four to four and Rugnet Odor hits the go ahead home run. I could see him being that guy, just a frustrating guy for the Red Sox to face for a year. But other than that, you know, Orioles are clearly where they're at and they're where they're at for a reason. And they're not making any big deals for a reason. Um, They're just going to be, it's kind of sad motion to the ocean. Um, um, I have to leave at six for a TV meeting that I just found out is happening, but uh, yeah. All right. Um, maybe we'll talk about half the league and then okay, get to the other works. half because yeah. there's going to be no news next week. Uh, <laughs> pretty much a guarantee, unless a miracle well, happens. We can um, talk. We can get. Yeah, we'll we'll stop here and then we could probably start again tonight if you want to again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, we're already at 15 what, teams covered. Um, no, we've only covered 10 teams so far. And oh, you're been, right. Okay, yeah, let's do another division then. It's been only like 50 minutes. <clears throat> um, so yeah, we'll do uh National League or well, National League Central. Almost nothing happened. Yeah, we'll we'll go through that. Uh, Brewers, Crickets, for the most part, or well, actually, the, the Renfro they trade. did get they did get Renfro right. Yeah, the Renfro trade was cool. Uh, I think that's going to – like, offense was just abysmal for them last year. Um, that's going to be a trade that makes them significantly better on offense. Yeah, uh, I agree. At the major league level. Yeah. Yeah, I love Yeah, I love that deal for the Brewers for sure. Um, I don't uh, know especially, what... especially when you lost Garcia as well. Yes, yeah, especially offensively. Like, that guy is – Renfro is – exactly what uh garcia was because i was just looking at garcia's stats renfro had 31 home runs garcia had 29 renfro had like an i think an 816 ops garcia had an 820 ops so you're just getting renfro you're just getting garcia reincarnated yeah um slightly worse defense but better arm Right, yeah. Better throwing arm. Not as much range, but better, you know, can cover more guys on the bases. Um, but honestly, I think their big problem was like, I mean, it was offense as a whole, obviously, but like slugging for sure was not was not really there for the Brewers. Um, or actually, no, it was more batting, but Renfro did have a decent average. Um, yeah, offense was just a, was just not there for the Brewers this year. Yeah. A lot of that slugging, has... for a team that competed for for the team that won 95 games, uh, they're slugging ranked 23rd in baseball. So, um, yeah, yeah, not the best. And you know, Christian yeah, Yelich underperforming has a little bit to do with that. Their um, OBP actually ranked the 14th. So, like, Renfro is the guy that actually fits their offensive struggles perfectly. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, especially in a ballpark, like, um, God, American family field. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. Especially with the, uh, famous ballpark American family field. 
uh, you need you need guys who can hit some home runs. Absolutely. So, Hunter Renfro is going to do that. He did it 31 times last year. I feel like was that his first 30 home run season? I feel like he's definitely gotten close before that. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I know he got close. It's tough that his one year with the Rays was the 60-game season. He might have been on pace that year. Um, oh, he had 33 in 2019. He was part of the no. 33 home runs, less than 800, <laughs> 800 OPS, OPS club. club. Nice. <laughs> yeah, where 2019 had, I think, nine such players. It was hilarious. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's hit, he's hit at least 26 home runs in each of his last four full seasons. So you, you do know what you're getting at least, which is pretty dope. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, and last year was, he also will never walk last year was a career high OPS for him. Um, not a career high OPS plus not a career high OPS. Doesn't help when you're in Fenway and not, uh, Petco park. Yeah. Highest career average as well. So there you go. Um, heading into his age 30 season good stuff good stuff for the milwaukee brewers um didn't do much else uh, especially in the free agent market mm-hmm. and then the cardinals i mean they have done stuff in the offseason just very early on with the stephen matt steel did they do anything after that i don't think, I don't think not so. that i can think of no nah, i think nah. that's basically it um Since- let me just make sure Yeah. Um, the Cardinals. Yeah, no, they literally did nothing after getting Mats, which we already talked about. I don't think they traded for anyone either. Um. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Let me just make sure. Um. And then nothing in December. Yeah, no, literally just Stephen Mats. Okay, we can skip them. And then with the Reds, also nothing. Um. The Reds. I think I looked at their transaction. Yeah, I mean, they signed, like, Andrew Knapp. Yeah. The minor league deal. Yeah, yeah. They really did nothing. I don't think they traded for anyone either. Yeah, the Cubs, meanwhile, though. Yeah, um, they had one cool... Uh-oh, who's coughing in the background? That... I don't know. Yeah. Sounds like... Heard way too much of that lately. Yeah, both <laughs> both from myself and from others. Right, that seemed to be Greg Baker there. Ah, shout out to uh, Townhouse Two. Um, uh, first Zoom show from Townhouse Two. Yeah, well, from well, half of it from Townhouse Two, half of it from my home. Yeah, didn't want it to I happen. I cannot be there. I uh, I have an illness. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, I, um, I think you can pick up on it. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So the Cubs, they, uh, in a surprising move, got Marcus Stroman for yeah. quality, quality AAV deal for. What was it, 22 million a year? Um, I'm trying to, I, I think it was 20, might have been 24 mil. I'm going to look at Marcus Stroman contract. Um, Three years, $71 million deal. So that's going to be 23.66666. Okay. They also ago. signed Jan Gomes and Clint Frazier. Uh, but yeah, the, <laughs> the, main, the main attraction is Marcus Stroman. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't even say I really like this deal for the Cubs. I'm sorry. Uh, 4-3-3 expected ERA last year. Um, Powerballer of the year. Powerballer of the year, not in terms of like him giving power, powerball, like the lottery for those. I mean, like 349 FIP, like that's still good, especially in a pitcher's park, which he's kind of going to again. Yeah, that's good. It is good. And uh, I mean, it's not like he's being taken away from this fantastic defense that was the Mets. I don't think the Mets had this crazy defense, but the Cubs defense is not great, I would imagine. I don't think. Well, I mean, it's probably going to have a whole new look. You have to, like, you can't even, if you're going to look at their, like, especially their infield, like, defensive rankings last year, you're going to have to go from August on. You can't even go from the whole season. Right. Right. It's like, oh, their shortstops did pretty well. Oh, they weren't there and now they're in Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like this, this first baseman seemed okay. Oh, he's on the free agent market and not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Bryant right. was kind of all over the place. Um, yeah. Right. Cubs are such a weird team. Like, I don't even know who they are. I mean, I do, but I don't. I just think of, like, Patrick Wisdom. Yeah, Frank Schwindel. Yeah, Frank Schwindel. <laughs> what a um, one-year wonder he's going to be. We'll talk about Marcus Stroman. This is a guy who is going to be the ace of the staff now. Like, good for him. Like, I feel like, has he really, I mean, like, he was kind of leading those Blue Jays staffs, but it was after, like, their peak when they were good. Um, yeah. And then obviously, with the Mets, you know, Degrom was there. Cindergard uh, was there in nineteen. Like he hasn't really gotten a, the chance to be the guy on a team that people are paying attention to. You know, the Cubs might not be that good, but they are at least still the Cubs. Like he's going to be able to pitch at Wrigley, you know, a, a ballpark that people are going to show up to, no matter what the team's looking like. Right. Um, you know, I don't really necessarily see this team making a whole lot of noise next year. Um, Obviously, the years two and three are a different story. We don't know yet. Um, but it is cool to see Marcus Stroman getting that kind of deal and being able to play that kind of role on a team. Yeah, I, I can see a deal like this, like the Cubs kind of make an evaluation of where they're at at like the 2023 trade deadline. And then, you know, if they don't think they're going to be competing after like 20. If, if they don't think they're going to be like competing in 2024, maybe they trade Strowman for it, trade Strowman's like year and a half of control. Um, mm -hmm. I could see it being like that. Um, you know, I guess that's an expensive trade piece, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, I wouldn't expect him to have a low three ZRA with the Cubs. Um, I think he, definitely was paid based on his ERAs of, of the past two uh, full season or past two seasons he's pitched in. Um, and, you know, good for him. Um, but, a quick observation here. It looks like Stroman uh, debuted a split finger last year, which was his third most frequently used pitch. And it was one of his more effective ones. Just a little interesting thing. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Um, but like thinking about the Cubs, because you look at the Cubs and you're like, oh, fourth place team, 71 and 91. You know, maybe they can, you know, maybe they can, uh, you know, with a couple good moves, they could be a different team, a couple career years. But you can't even look at them as a 71 win team. You have to look at them from August 1st on because mm -hmm. that's or actually 
it was July 30th on pretty much because uh and they were one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah, like I'm I should look at what their record was before. Um I mean they were like a threat to win the division in May and June. Yeah, absolutely yeah, like they were like that combined no hitter happened where they walked like eight batters and then from there it was just completely downhill. Yeah, absolutely. Um so July 29th, they were 50 and 50 and 54. <laughs> so 21. So that means they went 21 and 37 for the rest of the year. Yeah. So 21 and 37 after the trade deadline. I think that's a more uh, accurate representation of what the Cubs are going to turn out to be um, kind of battling for the paddling for fourth place with the pirates probably i don't know nl central continues to uh disappoint <laughs> yeah but uh i mean you know good for stroman getting his getting his money i think he earned it yeah he did uh 71 million dollars for three years and uh what how old is he going to be when that contract comes to an end 33 34 because he's going to have some an opportunity to potentially get like another $70 million. Yeah, deal. he probably could if he pitches well enough. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not that he has this guy's track record at all, but look at a guy who just signed <laughs> heading into his age 30, what, seven, seven season? season? Yeah. yeah. And got, so, became the highest paid player ever. Yeah. By AAV. Right. Exactly. Um, they also signed Jan Gomes and Clint Frazier. Uh, Jan Gomes can just be like a – how old is he at this point? Like 34, 35? Probably. Uh, Jan Gomes is going into his age 34 season. Yeah, I got it. Uh, Clint Frazier, I think that's definitely a more interesting one. That's a guy who has had a lot of potential. Um, and I would love to see him reach it with the Cubs. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Especially because that team is kind of just looking for like a on-the-field leader. And obviously, you know, Stroman can only do so much when he's on the field every five days. Uh, like the Cubs, they're, like they're kind of searching for their identity this year. And Stroman's definitely going to play a big part in that just by his on-field personality. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Uh, but they need a guy who can be there every day. And I think Frazier is a guy that you could look for in that regard. Yeah, Frazier showed his upside in the short 2020 season. I believe had a 905 OPS um took a major step back uh after that but he's always you know with this guy we've talked about his potential forever uh since the end of since the beginning of time but um he's he's someone who i feel like a lot of guys like um especially like players um i mean maybe there's a inaccurate uh inaccurate thing there but i don't know something that's definitely uh encouraging about we're still talking about Mm -hmm. Frazier right yeah something that's encouraging about him is that uh you know in the down year you look at a 186 batting average and that certainly isn't good but he had a 317 OBP uh which is you know obviously that's only around league average but a 14 percent walk rate uh his Mm -hmm. walk rate over the last two seasons in which he's had uh 378 plate appearances has been 15.1 percent uh that's actually very good yeah, uh, I want to. I want to look at where that ranks. 
Like if you, if you, like, regardless of what your offensive production is like, if you're walking 15% of the time, you have a lot of value. You have more value than a lot of people realize. Right. Exactly. And to be able to do that when you're not like doing damage at the plate, mm-hmm. it means there's more potential when you're better hitting the ball. Uh, let me just look for this. Wow. Look at this. Okay. So uh, it's from the start of 2020 on uh, there are, 301 players to have at least 350 plate appearances and among them uh clint frazier's 15.1 percent walk rate is tied for ninth tied for ninth best with joey Votto. <laughs> he's pretty how, good at walking. how wild is this juan soto yasmani grandal bryce harper joey gallo christian yelich mike trout dan vogelbach ronald acuna jr joey Votto, and clint frazier is the top 10 and this is since when since the start of 2020, minimum 350 plate appearances. So that's obviously not a lot. That's not even a full season's worth for a season. Well, we'll call it a season and a half, even though it's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he's elite at walking. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And that's and that's definitely like a good offensive attribute that you can build off of. Obviously, a 28.8% strikeout rate is not what you want at all whatsoever. That's probably also around the top of of the leaderboards it's tie yeah, it's 30th um but yeah like that's something that you can definitely build off of and that's a skill that he can you can set himself around uh yeah exactly we always we love guys who walk who get on base mm-hmm. he gets on base he it's, does uh, yeah the great baseball executive jonah hill once said um <laughs> peter but Brad. uh but I watched that uh, movie recently, as Chris knows. Right. With a unsuspecting audience. A very unsuspecting. <laughs> unsuspecting setting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, for the rest of the NL Central, you got the Pirates who, you know, they're pirating. They traded Jacob Stallings, which is... Ah, I don't know. Like, I, I really don't like... Like, obviously, it's very easy to say, oh, wow, they traded one of their few good players. What are they doing? But, like, this is a guy who had control. Yeah. Like, this is, like, I don't know what they're, like, they've been rebuilding for five years, and they're still, like, rebuilding the pieces that they could build around. Like, they're still trading the pieces they could build around. Right. Like, that just annoys me a lot. Yeah, it's just a perpetual state of confusion mm-hmm. with, uh, with the Pirates. Um, all right. Well, I guess this is a halfway point for mm-hmm. our league wraparound. I think we'll talk about the rest of the teams next week. That works for me. Because, yeah, we this has already been like an hour, 10 minutes, which uh, yeah. quality, quality podcast time. Um, so not, not like anything's going to happen in the next week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, unless a miracle agreement happens between uh <laughs> the owners and the players if that <laughs> happens man that would be the biggest upset in the history of the world yeah exactly bigger upset than anything you could ask you could uh like you know at the end of the like the end of the grinch where like his heart grows three sizes like the owners right. are just like you know what you're right you know what you're right we'll do we should be paying minor leaguers more than fourteen thousand dollars a year it's like you know what we're we're only going to do four years of control. <laughs> you know what? You hit free agency every single year. <laughs> we have a fantasy draft. 
Yeah, leak. You know what? Leak. Don't ever buy a jersey of a, of a player. <laughs> yeah, right. League minimum is five million a year. <laughs> um. All right. So we hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, we enjoy this one. This it's been a couple weeks, so good to get back talking about baseball, especially when there's been no news in the last uh, week. But we hope you enjoyed this one. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to your YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Uh, also, the video aspect is getting a little more active for a few weeks. Not next week. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have we'll be back in studio and not be on video. But yeah, we'll be on we'll be on Zoom for a few weeks. Uh, after next week so head to the youtube channel subscribe to the youtube channel it's called above replacement radio uh if you want to follow us on social media follow me on twitter at chris underscore gianta follow daniel on both twitter and instagram at daniel underscore current and follow real quick uh chris i I see you're wearing a red shirt is that the red shirt that i think it is yeah i haven't taken oh no way no way man yeah we this is the second time we've done this in the last like week it shows me how lazy i am because i don't i don't put away a shirt until it smells like bad but yeah just a couple of just a couple this of guys is, this is the uh like this is a thumbnail <laughs> all right actually let me i gotta do uh yeah i'm gonna have to screenshot yeah yeah there we go love it i'm wearing a fan hoodie too i literally have the fan hoodie the baseball reference t-shirt <laughs> Just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? Um, or oh, let me X out of that. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just perfect. I've I've worried about us doing if like over the summer when we when we were doing all Zoom shows, I worried like yeah, one day it's gonna I'm happen. <laughs> it's a comf- It's a good shirt. It's a good it's shirt. A good, yeah. It's a good design. It's a good collar. It's very comfortable too. It goes with plenty of my clothes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a nice bright red. Yeah, beautiful. beautiful it goes with the fan graphs hoodie. <laughs> right. Um. So, so yeah. Uh, if you, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at daniel underscore curran and follow the show instagram at above replaced radio for all the show needs uh we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you uh next thursday where we will be talking about the rest of the teams and what they did in free agency we will see you then this conversation this conversation is over is over